0: Welcome to Public Safety Talk Radio, the podcast for all of our heroes in public safety, including law enforcement professionals, firefighters, EMTs, corrections officers, healthcare workers, and more. The show is produced by the POCUA and is founded upon its Soundness Initiative. This episode is sponsored by the Finest Service Organization, a provider of line of duty death loan protection through many of our POCUA institutions. Now welcome to part two of our discussion with the prosecutors. Right, you want to chime in, or do you want to say what you did in the uh, in the interview for Podcast Magazine? What what Alice said? Yeah,
1: exactly what Alice said. Well, I usually just say whatever Alice
0: said. But
1: no, I mean, look, I think facts are tricky things, and I think if you if it, and I don't totally get this, but there are very strong rooting interests. I'll say, if <laughs> I put it that way, where people in a particular case, I mean, say it's a, is this person innocent or not? Have people who are just passionate about their innocent or passionate about their guilty in a way that sort of goes beyond just trying to figure out what the reality is. It becomes sort of a part of them, a personal thing. So when they see facts that challenge whatever that preconceived notion is, they don't want to accept those. They want to figure out a way to explain them away. You see this a lot, you'll get conspiracy theories, or you'll get, Mm -hmm. well, it must be police corruption right? Like, if there's some fact that's really difficult for me, well, it's because the police are corrupt. Don't have any evidence of that, but everybody knows police are corrupt, so I'm sure that's what's going on here. And so you see that a lot. And the other thing is, people have their own facts, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, it's amazing how often people will really believe something is true when it's demonstrably not true, but they've been told it so long, or they've read one of those clickbait headlines, and so they just believe it. And one of the things that we do is, A lot of times you'll have a, you know, a clickbait headline and a story that takes a minute to read, and it's going to take us 30 minutes at least, maybe multiple episodes Mm -hmm. to explain why that is not actually true. You know, we had earlier this year, we did uh, some stuff on Miranda because there was a Supreme Court case about whether or not you could sue police for Miranda violations. And the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. And you Mm -hmm. had all these headlines that were basically Miranda's been overturned. Now you don't have Miranda rights. And that just wasn't (laughs) true. You know, that was factually inaccurate. So we did yeah. a whole thing on how, no, this is actually what happened. Mm-hmm. And that that thing that you've been told is not true. It is not a fact. And I think that is something that we view as, as part of our sort of mission out there. You know, we do this for fun and we do it because it's entertaining, but yeah. we also want to at least try and give people access to more information. And if, if we give them that information and, and they go the other way, that's fine. But just giving access to sort of, let's look at the bigger picture here. Let's take a step back and explain how maybe that thing you read isn't actually true.
0: Yeah, so sometimes uh, maybe maybe this is my cynical nature, but you know when I hear police corruption, and certainly there there has been, I'm not naive to say that there there hasn't been police corruption at times. Um, but you know, also, you know, sometimes police are human and they have problems with facts and they get emotion. And I can think of at least two or three cases where you know they, they're so focused on the victim and what happened that you know, in a human way, they have blinders on, not that they're corrupt or trying to do the wrong thing, but they're so emotionally tied to it that they're, they're going down a path that they probably shouldn't go down um going back to to cynicism because it's one of my favorite subjects um i i talked to some of my cynical friends and and we have kind of this ongoing debate you know are most people stupid or are most people ignorant (laughs) I I choose to believe or try to force myself to believe that most people are ignorant that with the proper with the proper education like in your case the legal system by listening to the prosecutors people can lower their level of ignorance because it's they have the capacity to learn So as you talk to some of your listeners and they come back to you with thoughts and questions, whether they be on social media or what have you, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you see or hear out there about the legal system?
1: Well, let me just say on the first part, I think in our experience, people really want to learn. Yeah, I think
0: this goes to
1: the notion of how much people liked when we talked about the law and people are passionate for that stuff. And it's sort of amazing how passionate they are for it and, and how like thirsty they are for just, just some, some, you know, basic sort of education on some of the stuff. And, and I don't blame them for not knowing it. I mean, a lot of this is complicated and they don't teach it. I mean, where are you going to hear this? It's not that like they teach this stuff in school anymore. Right. I mean, what's your basic civic class in high school? Like, you know, mine was my football coach, telling stories about football games right i didn't learn any civics in high school actually and sounds I, like a good class I it liked was a to great figure. class yeah. but you know <laughs> if i hadn't gone to law school i wouldn't know any of this stuff either and so i think people are really passionate about about learning stuff and 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 finding out how the system really works and i don't know what the biggest misconceptions are i mean we get a lot of questions about things like double jeopardy and mm-hmm what, and and people don't really understand how juries work and they don't really understand what people can and can't say in the courtroom. I mean, stuff like, you know, most people have no idea that when you are trying someone and you've got a criminal case, you can't actually bring all the bad things they ever did before and and put it in front of the jury. We're talking about 404B. I mean, that is Mm -hmm. part of 404B is you can't do that. And most people don't know that and they think, and they're surprised by that. Right. And so just sort of, and I think I think sort of just educating people on how trials actually work and how evidence really comes in big misconception that circumstantial evidence is somehow inferior. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a huge one. People think they hear circumstantial evidence and they think, well, this is just a circumstantial case he's, he's probably not even guilty. And we explain to people, no, circumstantial evidence is everything from DNA to fingerprints to any really anything other than Mm -hmm. I saw the guy do it. And in many cases, it's better evidence because eyewitness accounts are often flawed, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's a big one. And when people hear that, then they're less susceptible to people who try and convince them that this person was obviously this was a, a just totally unjust conviction because it was all a circumstantial case, right? So stuff like that, I think, helps people understand, number one, how the system works, and number two, that it works well.
2: And everything Brett's describing, um, I think, are a lot of misconceptions about the legal system. And that all kind of, for what I've seen, bubbles into kind of one huge misconception, which is that the justice system is not just at all. The entire system is flawed, and it should be completely just demolished, and we should start from scratch. And we address that head on because that is certainly a popular position to take these days. And we always push back and say, with what? Because mm-hmm. it is a human system, it will forever be flawed, but I will, I will tell you this, we have in the United States, which is where we practice right now, has the best justice system really ever known in history, and there are always going to be problems, but it is not built on nothing. Um, you know, the Founding Fathers built it on years of trial and error throughout the common law system, and it continues to change and be shaped by the flaws, and um You know, we we try to give history and also um, context into why these rules exist and what they're trying to prevent, what sorts of injustices they're trying to prevent. And once you understand kind of the the costs and benefits of each rule, because there's always going to be an externality to everything that you want to make a change to. And it's really been thought of, right? There have been, and these debates can continue. Mm -hmm. And we always encourage people, those are changes that can be made you know, vote with your with your feet. Go, go and vote for these people, yeah. your local DAs and your legislators who are writing these laws. But to say the entire system is just inherently broken and we need to start from scratch is is actually we have yet to find a single person who can come to us with a better system right. from scratch. Um, and and so I think everything that Brett said really re- rolls into this idea that we can't fix the justice system, but the reality is it's a human system. It cannot be perfect. It will never be perfect, um, but we can make it better. And that's what we've tried to do You know, in the American system.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And yeah, I think too, in, in the last two and a half, three years of covering true crime, one of the things that I've noticed, just my opinion, I don't have any data on it, but just one of the things that i've noticed is there seems to be more wrongful conviction type of podcasts that come out um and and some of them are very good and very accurate and accurate and very factual um some of them are in my opinion a little bit borderline that they're yeah maybe the person is has a wrongful conviction but the purpose is less about the story and more about trying to highlight you know police issues or judicial issues and so forth and i agree with you that that we have probably the best justice system in the world And that we need to continue to make changes to it. We can't let it set, but but we can't just throw the whole thing out and start it from scratch. That would be literally insanity. To that point, I remember in one of the articles I wrote, which was on another great podcast like yours, it was called The Real Killer, which was a wrongful conviction. It was very well done but I actually looked up and I forget the percentage and I put it in that article that there's a very, very, very low percentage of wrongful convictions. Of all of the cases, you know, probably millions of cases, you know, that our judicial system, you know, has gone under. It's 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 such a small percentage. Now, granted, for those people that were wrongfully convicted, that is a version of hell, but it's such a small percentage that we're going to go. I mean, you know, Ted Williams would love to have that average of, of success. You know, for that, we're going to make you know wholesale changes. You know, to what we got going on, uh, I don't think that's right. So I completely agree with you. Now, a word from one of the POCUA's proud business partners, OfficerPrivacy.com. OfficerPrivacy.com was founded by Pete James, a law enforcement professional with over 25 years of experience. Pete wanted to find a way to help law enforcement officers protect themselves and their families. So he formed a team to create a way to quickly identify and remove their information from certain sites. OfficerPrivacy.com is the result. This service is already offered through a select few of our POCUA organizations. As a listener of Public Safety Talk Radio, you can take advantage of a special offer from OfficerPrivacy.com. Go to officerprivacy.com slash P-O-C-U-A, and when you sign up, you'll get two additional bonuses. In addition to removing your personal information from the top 30 people search sites, they will give you your first two months of monitoring free. This is a value of $39.98. In addition to that, you'll receive a cell phone privacy device, a $19.99 value. This prevents data from leaving your cell phone when you use public charging stations and is a must when traveling. So go to officerprivacy.com POCUA today to take advantage of this offer and to protect your privacy. Organizations who are members of the POCUA and are interested in offering the service directly to their members, contact us at POCUA at btcinc.org you know what do you think you know, in your opinion is the best part of the american judicial system especially maybe in comparison to other countries out there
1: so i love the jury system
0: mm-hmm. i'm a
1: big big proponent of the jury system which is not it's one of those things that people always attack people always like juries juries are dumb we shouldn't have juries Just get rid of juries and i always say to people you know, be careful before you get rid of this thing that is one of the most fundamental protections you have. You have, I, you know, I work for the government. Mm -hmm. I am part of the power of the state, right? And I have an army of police officers with guns who can come arrest you. And then I can indict you and I can try and get you sent to prison for the rest of your life. But I can't do it unless 12 ordinary people Mm -hmm. off of the street from your community agree that we have met our burden. And to me, having that, having this protection that prevents your government from just being able to be judge, jury, and executioner, I think is an amazing thing. And a lot of other systems, you know, they have more professional type juries or they just Mm -hmm. have judges and I'm sorry, you know, judges are great, but judges work for the government too. They get their paycheck from the government. And I think the fact that we have that system as flawed as it may be, there's no doubt there are juries that, that get it wrong. And there are juries that let people go who we all think are guilty. I mean, that happens. But I will tell you from my personal experience, I think juries are very thoughtful. They really work hard to get to the right place. They take it very seriously. And I think everyone will tell you this, that that's worked in a trial court, that juries work really hard. And to me, it is one of the the very best things about our system.
0: Yeah, before we get to Alice, I'll I'll comment on that. And you know what's funny is I've never been on a jury. I haven't had a jury summons in like I don't know, like definitely years, maybe even decades. And I remember when I I was ignorant. You know, I was like, ah, I don't want to do this. And I'd get these jury summons every once in a while. Yeah, now I'd actually welcome the opportunity to be on a jury nobody's sending me the letter you know come on but you know i think what you know some folks don't realize uh is that it's 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 very common in with police and the true crime world and so forth is that your job is actually much tougher as a prosecutor than a defense lawyer is all he or she has to do is convince one person out of 12 that there's a reasonable doubt and he or she has done their job you have to convince 12 people beyond reasonable doubt that this person is guilty and did it (laughs) i mean if that isn't like protection from you know winding winding up in jail erroneously i don't know what it (laughs) is
2: Yeah. And, you know, the burden is on the prosecution and we say this mm-hmm. all the time. We say that is important. And we, we, you know, as prosecutors, we take that responsibility very, very seriously. It's not enough if, you know, someone is out there and you see them shoot someone else. You don- they don't immediately get thrown into prison mm-hmm. for an indefinite am- amount of time for murder. We still have to bring a case with all of our evidence and they have a right to trial. Even if a hundred people watch them shoot someone, you know, in broad daylight, Um, And it wasn't self-defense. And so that, that is a really, really helpful um, uh, thing that people forget. Like we take that burden very seriously. And I think the burden should be on us because we are taking away your constitutional rights Mm -hmm. to liberty. And uh, every single one of us are subject to the same rules. And that's my favorite part. You know, my, my parents are immigrants and um, I, you know, I have family members who live in just about every continent um in the world and there are a lot of different judicial systems and this is how you know this is what i compare the american system to i see what we are afforded and i really do see that justice is blind here despite you know there are always going to be problems and you can always seek to have a better judicial system, but I say that really truly here. You know, someone who came from immigrant parents who don't really even speak the language here can be an officer of the court, and I get to be, you know, someone who appears in court and argue on behalf of other people who don't have voices. That's incredible. That is not something that's available to um, every barrister around the world. Um, You know, as long as you're willing to work hard and pass the test, you too can be a lawyer. It's available to anyone. Um, and along those lines, any one of us can be a juror. That mm-hmm. is our civic duty. That's incredible. Like we said, it's not just people who make an income, who make a certain amount of income, who have gone to have a high school degree. You could have mm-hmm. no degrees whatsoever to serve on a jury. Um, these are incredible things that it's really, the judicial system is for the people. And you know, despite a lot of attacks we hear in the media, You know, Brett and I have prosecuted, I don't know how many cases, but we get file after file after file. And I can tell you that when we evaluate cases to bring, we are looking at the strength of the case. We're not looking Mm -hmm. at who we're going after. Uh, I don't care if this is a a famous person or someone who has a lot of resources, or they have a family who donates a lot to sheriff department. I don't care. I am looking to see if I have the facts to support um, a claim and that this is a righteous prosecution. And if it isn't, we're not going to bring it. It doesn't matter who you are. Um, And, you know, we can only speak for ourselves, but really our experience in working with hundreds, if not thousands of law enforcement and prosecutors from around the country, um, that's really. That's all I've come across. You know, I, I know that there are going to be um, uh, corrupt prosecutors or corrupt police um, or law enforcement out there, but we all have a role to play in that. And I, have, I am very lucky that in my career, I have yet to face an ethical quandary where I was asked to do something that I thought was unethical and unsupported by the law. And I think most people would say that that is their experience with the judicial system here. Um, We should all be vigilant, of course, um, at all times. But, you know, it's given me a lot of hope in the government and the judicial system that, you know, my parents brought me to and that I get to call home now.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great story. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad you had that journey. I'm glad we've got prosecutors like both of you out there. And and I it's my belief that while there there are certainly there's there is certainly corruption and also even stupidity on the police force and among prosecutors that, you know, I'd like to think that 95 to 99 percent of the law enforcement prosecutors out there uh, are not only well qualified, but well-meaning. Uh, in, in what they're doing. You know, I often, um, in a lot of, of this, uh, the, the true crime content, whether it's film, TV, podcasts, written word, whatever, is I always find while, you know, some of my friends and family will say, well, why didn't they prosecute that? And I'll hear like a prosecutor say, well, you know, we just don't have enough. And I appreciate that as a taxpayer because I want you to go in completely prepared, knowing that you have a high propensity to not waste my tax dollars, to, to use those resources properly and to get a conviction. And to not just say, "Well, let's give this a shot." No, 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 no Don't just give this a shot. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like Yoda in in, uh, in Star Wars. You know, do or do not. Do not try. <laughs> See, I even got a Star Wars reference in there. <laughs> <Excellent>. So, <laughs> so as we close up here, uh, I want to hear about this new podcast. Tell us a little bit about that
2: sure so uh (laughs) this year we launched a second podcast and unlike the prosecutors podcast which is an hour-long weekly podcast about a a true crime story you know it could be multi-series but we're really delving into the story the theories and what we think happened in those cases legal briefs um is a 30-minute kind of hot takes on legal news and also on updates within the true crime community so if um, Uh, you know, if something happens in a very hot case, like Adnan Syed, and people don't Mm -hmm. understand why that motion was granted, what the actual effects of that motion being granted are, we're not talking about the story of what happened there, what happened to the victim, what happened with the perpetrator, we're actually talking about the legal developments in the case, and to help you become a more informed citizen to understand, you know, why that is the case and what happens now. Um, And we also delve into you know, legal topics that people ask us about. They want to know about attorney-client privilege. They want to understand what the latest Supreme Court um, ruling means about, you know, the border. Um, and so we try to kind of demystify something that may seem like, oh, only lawyers can understand that and just mm-hmm. try and show people actually it's accessible to everyone. And we can explain it in 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, people like the nerd stuff so much. We created a nerd podcast. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, you you wanted you wanted to create a podcast like the prosecutors to educate the masses, and then they just clamored for something that was really really down to the nitty gritty to the to the minutia of the legal system, and you gave them that too. That's awesome.
2: Our favorite, uh, you know, a lot of our um, listeners joke that they have a prosecutor's JD. <laughs> <Which I love. laughs> Listen, you, can't, you can't take it to the bar, but uh, no.
0: <laughs> listen enough. Maybe you'll get an honorary degree someplace, uh, but you know, you guys are awesome. i uh, definitely, you know, go out there and listen to the prosecutors uh, listen to legal briefs. Uh, of course, after you've listened to public safety talk radio, uh, but listen to all three, you know, Alice, Brett, thank you so much for taking the time out here. Thank you so much for having us. It's been an honor. Yeah.
2: Thank you for having us. And so thanks for what you do, too.
0: Ah, thank you. You know, it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, Definitely look Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Look for the prosecutors. Look for the article on the prosecutors in Podcast Magazine coming out in November. And I thank you, all of you that have either watched or listened to this episode of Public Safety Talk Radio. And we'll be back with you next week with another great guest. Public Safety Talk Radio is produced by the POCUA. The POCUA is a consortium of financial institutions serving law enforcement as well as other first responders and public safety professionals. To learn more about our association and to find one of our credit unions or service providers near you, go to www.policecreditunions.com. And always remember, if you aren't working with one of our POCUA credit unions, just banking with an institution that just so happens to serve first responders. As a public safety professional, you and your family deserve better. Find a POCUA credit union today.